Yo, good job. Good stuff acting though. Just jumping into action, just doing it. Oh yeah, thank you, man. I'm trying to, you know, trying to build that muscle over the years. Because mm -hmm. we've been talking about it for a while. Right? We really have, man. Mm -hmm. But yeah, sympathetic joy, that feeling that you get a feeling of joyfulness from the pleasure of others. You know, like somebody else is doing well, you feel joy from that. Someone else gets a gift or is excited, you experience joy through that person. Mm. And it's genuine. Like it's actually something you feel in your heart, you know? I feel like I like you naming that and make it makes me like realize I lived in that for a long I still live in that for a long time. Yeah. And like sometimes that confuses people like why is this person happy? Like why are you so excited? Right. Like, what do you mean? Right. Because I learned how to like feel their joy like yeah. go into their their shoes and feel it too almost like I'm also experiencing it like the same like almost like I'm experiencing the same the experiencing the same value that they're getting from whatever success they had mm. but the way the way my mind thinks of it is like if someone experiences something good I'm like wow so that's what it would. That's what it would feel like to be to achieve that. Mm. Like to to be to have that experience. That's dope. Let me feel it with that person. Because like I feel like I'll have my turn at some point. Mm -hmm. So let me live it right now with this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like abundance. I guess that mindset. Mm. I think what's powerful about what you've also done over the the years is that. I feel like you've also cultivated your own sources of of, um, of joyfulness. You know what I mean? It's easy, I think it's easy to live primarily from a place of um, when you're giving, like you know, back to our earlier conversation. When you're giving, I think it's easy to live primarily from a place of giving and experiencing joy through the joy of others, and to neglect your own sources of joy. You know, the things that fill your cup up. Mm -hmm. And I think that. Like you spent a lot of time over the last couple of years, like cultivating your your passions, dancing, singing, a lot. investing a lot of energy in those things, and that is filling up your cup to be able to experience even more joy in the process, right? That's true. And it's like so. It's I think there's a balance. It's like learning to experience the joy of others as a as a compliment to your own. That's true. Joy. You know what I mean? That's true. Because like um. Like cultivating your own joy could be lonely at times because you feel like, man, am I crazy going after this thing that I really like? Because the process sometimes doesn't always yield the joy right away. Right. Sometimes it's really drudgery, like going through it, like, oh gosh. Right. And there's so much, there's so much pleasure in the in sharing what you're passionate about. Mm. And certain times when you're cultivating your own joy, mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a very personal experience. Mm -hmm. Like you're in you're in your own zone. You're going inward to reflect to figure things out. So there's not the same, you know, interaction with other people that you would get if you were, you know, just sharing it and doing it with others. Like the other day, I, when I was with um, Jennifer, um, when we went to the Animal Oasis, I, I, I sang in her car, bro. I shared, I, I, she's never heard me sing. 
And that was like another step forward for me to just say, hey, Mike, you're gonna get comfortable with this. Same way you're comfortable with dancing, you're gonna get comfortable with this. And we're gonna have to go through the process. Push myself, she's just like, how long you been hiding this? She pushed, she encouraged me to, and I didn't know she had so many people that she knew in the music industry, like music world. Um, she plays the clarinet. I was like, I didn't know that. So she knows me. And she was like, yo, do you have a SoundCloud? I was like, I just opened one, but I didn't put anything on it. So now she put a fire and gave me like, I feel like you f find inspiration to do things when you know other people are like with you on it. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, like, let me know when you post it. Like, yo, do you post anything to your SoundCloud? It makes you inspired to be like, oh, someone's waiting for my SoundCloud music. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let me do it. You know what I mean? So that gave me like, uh, such a strong like inspiration and motivation more inspiration just be like wow like you feel less alone you feel like wow like i got people that are like not only like like rooting with me like pushing me like mm -hmm. okay let's do this like yo i like this like giving me feedback mm -hmm. and things like that because mm -hmm. like starting the instagram page was a big jump and then posting on my story for that instagram page was a big jump and it's so, like, so would you get the courage to start doing that Yo, I just get you don't want to get to the point where just like yo, I need to like I feel like in your body when you start writing your goals down, your body's like, uh yeah, I'll probably take one too. Thanks. Um, your body's like, bro, you're not getting to this thing you told me you are you wanted in life. So what you're doing, like, when, I feel like it's the writing goals. I think eventually writing goals plant seeds seeds in your body that eventually it's like your body's like. This seed needs water, and what you're doing right now is not feeding me. Mm. And you start getting dis like disturbances inside of your system. Mm. And the more that seed like gets threatened to be killed or die, the more the disturbance comes. So I think I was pushed from disturbance. Like I need to give life to this thing because it's been dormant, no water, no sunshine. And what I'm doing right now is, is it needs to, it's gonna die. Yeah. So it was like, I gotta do something, I gotta do something, boom. It's like pouring water into like a seed. So you were more connected to the feeling of uh, urgency because it felt like the dis you were feeling the disturbance than you were uh, feeling like like a sense of, of, of courage, like, oh, if I do it, everything will be great. Like, you weren't exactly. there. You were like, disturbing. Yeah, I can't stay where I'm at. I can't, I can't stay, stay here. I can't stay here. All right, so, no matter where I go, it's, it's going to be different than this, but this seed has to live. Exactly. I see. Mm -hmm. That is exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't care about the fear. It was like, the point was like, I didn't even consider the fear, that disturbance outweighed any fear. Mm -hmm. Completely. Like, it was just like, I'm I'm a little frightened doing it, but it's outweigh this disturbance outweighs that. Yeah, and it's kept hurtling, 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 hurtling it. Yeah, yeah. just outweighed it. See, it's crazy because you know uh, that's like the the pleasure praying principle. You know, they say that you know you mm. people are motivated to do things either out of a sense of pleasure or out of pain, mm. and so feeling like that abundance occurs like yeah you know I can do this and everything will be great and you know that side of things would be you focusing on the pleasure you'll get once it's achieved mm -hmm. but the other side is like yo you know what I'm feeling so much pain right now I don't want to feel this pain picturing three years in the future you still haven't done it I don't want to be there mm -hmm. I have to do something now yes. and that pushed you to act out of pain rather than but we both come mm -hmm. you know and another thing over the time that helped is like the dripping like every time I dripped, like, oh, yeah, I sing. I'm like, what you sing? They're like, what? What else? Like, do you? I knew, do you I, knew do drip, I knew drip too hard was the right thing. Like, was the right thing for our group. 
Team Jay too hot. See why he's just dripping on him. That's just dripping on him. He's just dripping on him. After a while, it's like, man, people really, like, I could really change, I could really impact the world in incorporating this singing with this dancing thing. Mm -hmm. And and everyone comes in and they I can see you doing that. Like I, I could already see you. She starts with Jen, Jennifer said she's like I could and because I, I they were saying what I feel. And when people start saying what you already feel and like believe about yourself, wow. it's like wow, wow. I got like wow. wow. So if you couple that disturbance with those little anecdotes over time that you receive from dripping, you're just like take this massive jump of exposure so you had a set you had a sense of possibility yeah and it was alive in you yep and you've been watering it yep you also been dripping on it yep yeah like I think the biggest challenge for me has always has been like making decisions to, to block out distractions. What what are distractions and what are blessings mm. or opportunities to grow? Mm. Because like like meeting with you today could have been a distraction mm. or an opportunity to grow. Mm. And it's choosing those. When mm. someone calls you and says, hey, do you want to go to this event? That could be a distraction or an opportunity to grow. Mm. And it's that discernment to know and what I've learned mm. is like listen to my emotions and like and, and trying to pick things that are in my path. Mm. So like that's been the, one of the biggest challenges in going through the process of cultivating your gifts and your craft. Mm. It's like you take the sacrifice to like be away from people and spend more time on building yourself. Mm. But there's also a component of talking to the right people, mm. creating an environment which takes um, meeting other people. Mm. So but you have to know which where to where to spend your time. That was just as important as being in the cave working on myself. So, so say more about um, that discernment process. Of, uh, you said you make part of your decisions in terms of being on your path. It's just aligning with my path. Right. Can you say more about that? Like, what do you mean about your path? And like, how do you how do you discern whether something is on your path or is not? I feel like. When something is on your path, I think. I love some more. Oh, thank you so much. Um, well, I got tea, but. Still. <laughs> still um, I think it really has to do with like that same disturbance that we were talking about. That feeling when you feel like what I'm doing right now, almost like like you know when you're a kid and your your parents tell you something, and then your your friends like, hey, do you want to go to this? party or this park or do you want to go across the street to this store yeah and that morning your parents told you stay in school don't go to the store don't do that yeah. and your friend says that and you're like well i could just do it real quick but there's a disturbance that happens inside of you like yeah. this is out of alignment yeah. with what my path is now yeah. if your friend says do you want to play basketball over here on this side of the in this side of the playground mm. well you're still in school mm. your parents didn't say you couldn't play with this person even though they're a bad it could be a bad influence right but you don't get a disturbance it's still impact right so you could it's a learning moment of which friends do you want to choose right so you, although you might make a mistake but it's, it's in path with you learning as a as a kid so you don't have that same 
Well, I didn't have that same type of disturbance. Yeah. All right, so here's, here's the... I love that. I love that because what I'm hearing you say is like, the disturbance comes when you're out of alignment with yourself, right? Or with what you believe or with what you've decided to do. Right. So that's where the disturbance comes from. And if you do things that fit within that that sphere of like acceptable behavior, let's say, then you're good, right? Like everything's cool. You can play on the playground. You can have fun. But if you step outside of that or across what you said you wouldn't do, then you start to feel that, that disturbance. Yep. So the, the thing I find interesting about that is like who decided what the acceptable behavior was and how conscious were we when we decided what our goals were what our beliefs are and what we're going to stick to because sometimes that disturbance comes and they're fear-based beliefs right you're trying to cross the street but that that path is actually a fear that you've installed subconsciously you know or you're like pursuing a certain goal but you didn't choose that goal uh wholeheartedly you did it because you thought it might give you status or whatever it might be, and so that's why you're pursuing that goal. Because that happens to us all the time. We right. choose things based on our environment, the people around us, what the media is showing us, and we have to be conscious about what we're choosing and how we're doing it. So that, that requires some discernment in that's itself. That's true. So how do you get intentional about, like, okay, I'm feeling a disturbance now. Is this the kind of... Um, Line, line in the sand. Is this the kind of line that I want to stick to? Is this something I determine, or is this something that got pressed upon me? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you, how do you define that? I feel like you got to put it, put it through the why test. Like why? Like we talk why is powerful, super powerful. It's like okay, I feel this way. Even if it's right, <laughs> like why? Why do I feel this? There's value in knowing why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So even if it's right to say why, so now next time you become stronger in your awareness to what is right and what is wrong. Because yeah. now you know why you took that action. So even if it's like, say I you have a feeling that I feel like it's right, I'll say why. Yeah. Why do I feel like this is right? Okay, because of this, because of that. And if it's blurry, then you have work to do. You're like, okay, I don't really know why, but it feels right, but I don't know why. Great, that's great data. Now, I think the what I have done because I've taken that data and I've not just thrown away. I've taken that data and every time I meet another person or hear another story, talk to someone older than me or read a book, I take that data and I put it I I I, I put I put it through the lens of whatever information, new information I'm getting. Mm. Just say, okay, I felt blurry here, but what that person said cleared this up a little more. Mm. That strengthens my radar so to speak mm. to know like okay I'm doing this and it's right mm. so I think it's an evolution process mm. so I think when you keep doing that process of why okay this feels wrong but why mm. you know okay maybe because why oh I'm doing it because my friend told me to do it or this feels right okay why does that feel right and why because your friend says that you feel like doing that mm. Mm. and then it might get when you hit why enough there might be something that causes another disturbance where it's like, wow, I'm really just doing this to please my friends. Mm. Or I'm really doing this because I've never heard anything else. Mm. So now you're just doing it to do it. Not wrong, but now you have information. What do you really want to do? Like, mm. what do you, Abel, want to do? What do you, Michael, want to do in this moment? So I think that evolution process, and part of that process, I think, mistakes are designed. But now those are different types of mistakes. In, uh, in the book I'm reading, it talks about good mistakes. It talks about um, this panda, who's like a Yoda figure in the book, um, comes over and says, you know, don't ask life to, you know, don't ask life to not give you problems, but ask life to give you good problems. Mm -hmm. So when I quote, what I consider good problems is the mistakes you make with your whole self. 
you made a decision just and you thought that was the right decision mm. and you made a mistake mm. so that's like you not betraying yourself and you're learning from that moment mm. rather than you knowing having a feeling you you don't really you're not wholeheartedly with it you make a mistake then you can more confused because you're like i wasn't even wholeheartedly with that so now you're distrusting yourself right man, like man i can't even right. trust myself because right. i'm making i'm not even following my whole self so now i think the, the i think that's yeah. Just just to, to add to that idea is like that's what Wayne Dyer was talking about. When you squeeze an orange, the only thing that comes out of an orange is orange. And it's like when you start to mistrust yourself, there's a gap between your intuition and your instinct and in your decisions. You see what I'm saying? And that gap, that that gap of mistrust is what prevents us from getting to the flow state. You know, where you feel like you're authentic, things are effortless, you're vibing with people, you're saying what comes up for you right away. Right. Some some conflict happens and you feel like you can respond and handle it with no problem. Right. That happens when there's no gap between your intuition and your action. Mm. You know, where you just trust yourself and you right. let go. You um surrender, if you will. You know? And yeah, so when you start to mistrust yourself in your own intuition and instincts, you can't surrender. You fall into control. Mm. And when you fall into control, you start edging God out. You mm. give into the ego, right? Mm. And when you give into ego, that's when the fear comes up, that's when the separation comes up, that's when you feel separate from others. That's where the illusion takes control of your being. Your key point is that when you start distrusting yourself, you, 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 you get into control. Which is fear-based yes. because you don't feel like you got a grip on what the heck's going on. Right. Right. Like you just not that you don't feel like just a grip per se, like you have to have a grip, but you feel like you don't know what you're standing on. Like you're just like there's no foundation. To me, when you trust yourself, the foundation is not that you know whatever you're stepping on is gonna not gonna fall off from underneath you. It's not about certainty. It's not about certainty. Uh, it's about knowing that um I'm in a state where even if the <clears throat> ground underneath me falls, I'm in a place to learn. Right. Therefore, if I survive, I continue to I can continue to make better decisions to find where ground's more solid. Right. So now my life is in a, a perpetual place of progress. Right. It's when human beings feel like they're not in a state of progress when they feel like now you're suffering, you're you're going underneath. Like right. I can't deal with life because right. you feel like you're going backwards, you feel like right. you're dying. Yeah, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. And so, so then if you so, that, so you look for control yeah. so that you can have that sense of progress, yeah. that sense of like okay, I know at least this thing is something I I could like stand on and move forward from. And it's like, no, that's still, root of that is fear yeah. because yeah. you have lost alignment with yourself. Right. So you got to go back right. and say like, well, let me get back. Number one, getting back to trusting myself. And it's not trusting certainty. Yeah. That's the key in what you just said. It's a major key. It's not trusting oh, yeah, true. True. certainty. Okay. Because certainty is is wanting things to be predictable or not wanting things to change. Mm -hmm. And life is change. Yes. It's constant change. Yes. Life is constantly adapting and evolving. Mm. So if you only feel good when nothing is changing, you're always going to feel bad. You're always going to feel uncertain. You're always going to feel outside of control. You're always going to want to control your circumstances. Because life is always changing. You fall into ego because life is always changing. But what you said is, I'm not placing my faith and my trust in the fact that I'll never fall. I'm placing my trust 
in the fact that I can learn anytime I do. So it's in your own capacity to learn. It's in your own ability to stand back up. Right. Right? That's when you place your faith. Right. And what prohibits learning? I think what prohibits learning is when you're not in a full alignment with yourself. Mm. The only time I'm majorly confused is when I make a decision that I know I wasn't full-heartedly with. Ah. That causes confusion. Ah. You're like, man, I shouldn't go here. I shouldn't go here. I shouldn't go here. So half of, like half of you, like most of you, is like is uncertain about it. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you feel uncertain about it, major that's key. That's a major key to major say key. that's not the right one. Major key. Anytime you feel like you knew what's right, you all of your being says, yeah. "Yo, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go at this." Yeah. I learned that human beings, life might be gray, but human beings what knows when something is a direction to go in mm. and a direction not to go in. Mm. And anytime you feel super confused about the grand scheme, hmm. what helps is when you zoom in. What's the next right move? And then you could figure out, okay, and whatever is not clear is not the way to go. Mm. I've learned that. Mm. I've learned that. So, so even if it's 75% and 25%, like yeah. I should do this, I shouldn't do this. It's not the right one. Anytime you, if we go back, any book I've read, it talks about your gut, your intuition. There's, if people, anyone could think to say like, have you ever could think back to a moment where you followed your heart and your gut and you were led in the wrong direction? You can never think of a moment like that. Like, man, I followed my gut and this is what my heart was saying. And even if it was a wrong move and it, and you and it was a mistake, it was it always led you to a, either a key learning in your life or a key direction in your life. Mm. But I found in my life that when I've gone in a direction that's not like 100% I'm with, or as we call it, alignment alignment with that decision, I find myself not only being in a place I really later feel like, oh man, I should have never went down this path. I also get to a point of um, a little bit of confusion where I have to do backtracking. Because I'm like, man, I made the decision, but I kept riding with it to try to like make up for the fact that I wasn't fully with it. Mm. Now I have to backtrack my steps to figure out like, Man, like, what do I really want to do in this situation? Which takes a lot of meditation and self-reflection and sometimes the help of another person to question why you're in the place or the career or the job or the mm. marriage or the friendship mm. that you're in currently. Mm. So I think it's better just to get to a place where you're making decisions with your whole self rather than half or a percentage of yourself. Yeah. And the purpose is, again, not for certainty, but for the fact that you're moving and trusting yourself. You can't live life not trusting yourself right. because at the end of the day that's all you really got right they in the mind and body are linked you know there's there's a mind body connection and oftentimes what we do with the body reflects what we're thinking with our mind and vice versa and so this idea of being all in and facing the same direction being in alignment is echoed in all kinds of different spaces. Right. So one, for example, is uh, I love doing martial arts, and I've been doing uh, Eskrima for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And in that, in that martial art, um, my guru Brian talks about uh, what he calls directional harmony, which is this concept that if you're ever uh, wobbly or you're feeling like you're you're out of sorts or like you don't have your balance. Chances are that you're not in direct in, in directional harmony with your own body, meaning your head, shoulders, chest, hips, knees, toes, all need to be facing the same direction. When you punch, you need to move with your entire body. Your whole body has to come with you. If you punch and just your upper body is moving, that's flawed. If your lower body is moving but your upper body is holding back, that's flawed. Right? Because you can't 
fully engage without bringing your whole self with you. That echoes what you're talking about in this mindset. Same is true when they talk about uh, the most powerful public speakers. They move also with directional harmony. Uh, the most powerful speakers don't turn their head first and then start walking while their body is facing another direction. They turn their whole body at the same time. Head, shoulders, everything is with them and they walk. And subconsciously, that creates a feeling of trust with the audience, and that creates a, 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 a an energy of influence and power. Why? Because they're congruent with themselves. And you know, they say that in order to influence anyone else, you have to be influenced first. You have to influence yourself first. And so, this idea of just uh, you know being fully aligned, being in directional harmony, understanding that you're being congruent with your own choices and decisions, knowing where it's coming from, and if it's foggy or faded, then you have to get clear. Right. And the way to get clear is to investigate inward. Now, you said the why question is powerful, and I agree. And I think the most difficult thing or the, the biggest pitfall when it comes to why questions is that people stop too soon. People stop asking why about 15 whys too soon. Right. Right? Like, we're like, we get fatigued or we just feel like we, we've done enough. Right. But the, you have to go deep to get to the real origin. You can't just say why, why, why. No, you have to ask like 30 whys. Yeah. You know? And it might seem like overkill, but that's how you actually get to the truth. Right. Right? Because there's all these layers. There's mad layers. So you have to fill them back. Fill them back. Fill them back. And so, like, we have to remember not to stop asking why too soon. Sure, Take your time. Don't rush. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. That's so true, man. Um. You know what else is like, I think we also have to, in that process of investigating and asking why, it needs to be a genuine inquiry. It has to be genuine. You have to be willing to be surprised. You can't go into this inquiry of why expecting you already know the answer. Vulnerability. Right. You've got to be vulnerable. Because if you go into it thinking you already know what, you, what your answer is, mm -hmm. then that's you again looking for certainty. Yeah. Right? And and it's, you, it's, you're shutting off the truth. Right. And there's this thing called confirmation bias where we try to confirm what we already believe. And that'll trap you in the why questions. Right? right? So you have to let go of all of your assumptions and just ask why. How do you let go? And just be willing to be surprised. Say, I'm willing... I'm willing to be surprised in this process. How do you get willing? How do you get to a place of being willing to be surprised? In my experience, it's really come from like being rooted, like finding where you're rooted at. To me, it's like I am like committed to getting out of here. I'm to the point where I really want to get out of here, and mm. like when that happens. It's like, oh, it's like every time it says, you want it so bad that you, you want it so bad, like, like it's almost like you're looking, you're like for air, like yeah. you can't you want it so bad, like you can't. You have breathe. to want it as badly as you want. As to you want to breathe, there you yeah. go. Um, like when you're looking for air, you're not contemplating, oh, what? How do I look? Who's gonna give me air? You don't care if an ant gives you air. Yeah. I just want to breathe. Right. And I feel like that's when you let vulnerability sets in quickly. Yeah. Quickly, yeah. like with that. Yeah. So from my experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think the thing that keeps I think the thing that keeps us sometimes from like from letting go is the fear of what we'll find out. You know, like like honestly fearing what's gonna come at the end of those why questions. You know, because if we're afraid of what we'll find, sometimes we fear having to change. Right. You know, I think that's why conversations about politics and faith are so difficult sometimes. Right. Because 
when you talk about faith, you're talking about you hitting that. You're talking about the <laughs> underpinning of someone's entire belief system. Yeah. This is the way they've structured their entire life. life. Every decision has come from the foundation of this belief. Now, if you unhinge that belief, then the entire structure, the entire castle comes tumbling down. That's right. And how willing are we to like allow our entire life to come tumbling down? Mm. That's like the ultimate fear, right? Like in essence, you're asking someone to risk death. Mm. When you pose these why questions, you're asking someone to risk death because their entire life it's can crumble. Can crumble. So that's, yeah. that's the fear, right? It's like, oh. I don't want to die. And so the ego comes up and starts fighting and fighting. And so when we're asking why questions and you get a lot of resistance either from yourself or others, yeah. it, that's, that's the ego saying, I want to protect this. Right. You know? And so I think that part of the willingness to be surprised comes from uh, reminding yourself, no matter what happens, I'll be okay. I'll be okay no matter what happens. And even if I'm proven, um, my past beliefs are proven wrong or I no longer agree with them, or ultimately, uh, I'm going to decide they no longer serve me. Right. Even if that's the case, I'll be okay. You know, the 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 fear is coming from this idea that you won't be okay, right. and that your life will end, or something horrible will happen at the end of this inquiry. Right. But if you tell yourself, "No, nah, everything's going to be fine," and you just surrender, you just give into that belief. Yeah. Boom. All right. Cool. Whatever I see, I see. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever comes up, I can handle it. Mm. You know. Sometimes it's also the fact. Of that you don't know how it's like that whole feeling of like man I've been living this way for so long everyone knows me as this yeah everyone sees huge. me as this you know huge. what I mean it's huge. like how can I huge. just how can I turn around I'm too old I'm too right I'm too I'm too this I'm too that I'm right. too accomplished I made too much money in this area right like our whole identity my whole identity is attached to this thing yeah. and all of our love you know, the identity is, is attached to like our relationships and this idea that we'll only get love if we act like this. And if I change, I'm not gonna get love anymore. I'm gonna feel isolated, I'll be disconnected. You know, that's that's a huge fear, of course. Oh my gosh. And we don't wanna willingly sacrifice love. You know, we don't wanna willingly say, we're not going to be connected to anybody anymore. Mm -hmm. It's painful. Mm -hmm. So we avoid pain, pleasure, pain. I think that moves into friendships too. Now, like, um, will my friends accept me this way? Right. It's like, now it's like everything, Jim Rohn has his quote says, every good, every value will be like challenged or tested. Mm. And I think that makes it stronger. So every friendship, every relationship, every like, uh, every type of relationship you have in your life, personal, with yourself or outwardly it will be tested in some type of way to prove it real almost like it getting in the fire and I think part of the why and part of that feeling of like oh my gosh like I don't know what I'm gonna if I see something that makes me want to have to change will my is, is my life threatened and a part of big part of our lives is our relationships so friendships sometimes are tested when you when you feel like your friends only connect with you because you are a certain way right and because of what you're giving. Because of what you're giving and who right. you are. Right. So when you strip away that you could dance, when you strip away your business, when you strip away all that stuff and you have nothing to offer, so to speak, um, are they still going to be there? Do they yeah. still rock with you? Yeah. I remember we had a conversation about we that. We have. We've before. had many. You were like, yo. Many. Like, yo, bro, like you were... You were still there when I felt like I, I wasn't my best self. I felt like I couldn't really bring my best self to mm -hmm. the to the table. And, like, you just still was like, yo, what's up? Yeah. And 
thinking about that, I didn't know that you were showing your best self. Yeah. And I think that reveals real friendship. Right. Because that's when, like, correct me wrong, that's when you had, like, wow, like, whoa. Yeah. And I was, going, I was going through that process of actually peeling away my own layers and saying, you know what, like, I'm used to, in my relationships, my identity was... I want to be there for the people around me, so I'm, I'm the rock in my family, or I'm the rock for the people around me, and people can come and talk to me, and, um, and I, I, you know, I enjoy being there for people in that way, but again, I was asking myself the question, if I, if I don't show up like that, will people still be there, will people still love, you know, is it still going to be the same if I change, and I think that part of what that process taught me, again, in that process of just peeling back, it's experimentation. Just like trying to figure out who you can trust with, uh, with your challenges, like a confidant, right? Who can I trust? Right. It's a process of actually trying to open up to someone and seeing how they receive you or don't, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so in that process of exploration, I found myself peeling back the layers and doing less of the things that I had done in the past and yeah. noticing the reactions from the people around me, okay. right? Like, who receives me differently? Who receives me the same? Mm-hmm. Who has expectations? How much of that is in my head? How much of that is real? And in that process, it's like, boom, you start to kind of see how people show up for you. That's but more importantly, like how you show up for yourself or don't. That's real. Do I, do I still love me if I'm not doing this well? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if I, if I don't, what am I going to do about that? Because uh-huh. I've got to have my own back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? You know, what I feel, I think, like, how, how intertwined, like, everything in life is, like, because, like, I'm just thinking, like, we talking about, like, even uh, me and you, there's been many times that were, like, pivotal moments of understanding, like, yo, like, there's, like, a test of, like, there's, like, a test that each person goes through in terms of, like, yo, am I really friends with this person? Like, and it goes through, like, these tests. And, like, to me... I think our moments were like interesting because I feel like um, for example like I feel like before in the past as of late like I would have normally felt like okay when I can't like like I felt like you know when I was hitting you up and I wasn't getting responses back the way I normally get them the way I'm used to the way I want to get them like I'll text you or maybe something like that or you're busy I feel I still, like, today, I still get those feelings of, like, what the heck? Like, are we going to grow in this area? But that's what I expect. It's, like, what I, how, that's always subjective, like, mm. to, to where you are. Mm. I bet, like, if I was, like, you know, on, like, on tour or something like that, and my life was like this, I wouldn't feel it, mm. maybe mm-hmm. the way I was. So mm. I, I understand that there's, there's, like, situational perspective on that but like just the fact of having that feeling sometimes before it was it would be like man you know like maybe it's convenient maybe this friendship is convenient like it's not real it's just like there and it's just it's it's um it's serving the other person right now um so is it really real so but like now i could have that same feeling and because of thank you thank you because of the experiences we've gone and the conversations we had openly about about like our communication as friends and like I think about I think the, when I have those feelings I get like oh, I understand what it is and I know I feel good because I know I can talk about it if it really gets to the point I'm like I feel like I need to talk about it mm. so I think 
that vulnerability we have as friends, I think if people could develop that all around as much as they can, even with their personal self, like just feeling like, man, I'm not liking how I'm I'm guilty of this. I don't know if I've achieved this, but like I'm guilty on the way I feel like I'm responding. Like, oh my gosh, a beautiful girl came in and I said mm. something I normally wouldn't say. Mm. Like, I don't really like that. So then mm. you go home and you run away from yourself. Mm. You're like, you don't, because you're not happy the way you conducted yourself that day. Right. If that's the person you are. Right. Um, who reflects like that. Right, right, right. So uh, I just think about things like that where, like, every step of the way, I feel like the power to me is in humility and vulnerability. And when, when you, I feel like they're the, they're the glasses to the eyes or the, 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 de- the demystifier of the fog. Mm. You know, mm. humility and vulnerability because mm. they allow you to see things. They allow things to come as they are. Mm. Allow you to see things as they are mm. rather than how you want them to be mm. or that, you know, the, the biased tint you put to like what's happening in your life mm. and you just let it be the way it is. Because mm. if I were to be honest about like where our friendship stands now, and it feels a little different, like, having this podcast recording happening at the same time. But, like, I'm glad we're doing it. We have this on recording uh, for sh- to share with people. But I feel like we've built such a strong friendship that's just, like, I always, I'm always curious about how is it going to, how do we utilize it to serve the world? <laughs> like... I feel like it's the reason why I feel like I wanted to record this. I, I think this is like, a great start. Yeah, yeah I just wanted sure. to just like serve the world. There's so many things that happen that we discuss that it's, I always walk away feeling like, man, so grateful and just like, man, like, I wish there was a fly on the wall because we just opened up a lot of Pandora's box. For real. <laughs> For real. For real. You know, I, I always feel that way. For real. So. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I'm glad we captured some of this, man. You know, and yeah. and if we uh, if we post it, I hope you know whoever listens gets uh, something from it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. It's crazy, man. It's crazy how far we've come. Not only in January. This is a wrap. Okay, I think uh, yeah, I think we close it up. Thank y'all for coming for if you listen to this and we post it. Like, appreciate y'all listening to Evil uh, and Mike's. Uh, First podcast post? We don't even hey, have a title for this podcast. We'll see what we call it, man. <laughs> blessings on blessings. Happy New Year. Be well. <laughs> Happy New Year. Be well. <laughs> Peace. Bye.